Hey, I'm Scott Snyder, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast. Absolute Geek Podcast. This is Thursday Night in Phoenix, and you're listening to the Absolute Geek Podcast presents a special episode. The WonderCon the WonderCon <laughs> review episode <laughs> slash rebirth review episode. Oh. I'm Matt. And I'm Kyle. And yeah, we went to WonderCon this past Saturday. It was quite the adventure. To say the least. <laughs> to say the least. So we uh, should we should preempt this and tell everybody how we decided we were going to enjoy our trip to WonderCon. Uh, okay, so <laughs> we started off by um, deciding that we were going to go to the D.C. Uh, Rebirth press event that we got invited to. And <laughs> so that means, oh, you know, um, it's about a five and a half hour drive to L.A. from Phoenix. So that meant leaving Phoenix at 2 a.m., which I don't know why we decided to do that. Leave it to a.m.? Why did we decide to do a one-day turnaround? Um, I don't know, because we're dumb. I think we didn't plan it. <laughs> no, no, we didn't. We didn't. I don't think we, I just no. said, we, I think we got the invite, and we were just like, okay, we're going. And then yeah. it, and then all of a sudden, one day was... Well, well, we'll just go for a day. I guess we'll just go for a day. Yeah, and it ended up being a big mistake. <laughs> really, you know, I should have learned my lesson from fucking... Um, Stan Lee's Kamikaze when we did it, and I didn't. But I've learned my lesson this time. I think what we we should have been smart is we should have bought fucking plane tickets. Yeah, and I flew out fly. there and flew back. I'll have to say that's one thing that Jose has fucking nailed it on. If you're gonna do a one day, you fly in and you fly out. Yeah, because you know we did accomplish well. I accomplished about sixty percent of what I wanted to. I accomplished about forty percent. <laughs> Like, honestly, it, it wasn't like really through a fault of our own. Like, so we left at 2 a.m. We and we recorded our What the Fuck Friday episode before we left. And we ended up I ended up going to bed at like 930 and waking up to drive out there. So I got like four hours of sleep. Let's see. I went home. I got home. I probably got home at 930. No, at nine. What time did we get the show done? About 830. So I went home and I drank. <laughs> I drank until about midnight or 12.30. And then I decided to, to take a short cat nap. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I really didn't think you were going to uh, pick me up at 2. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I really didn't. I know I, you didn't. <laughs> I really expected you to come at 4 o'clock yeah. and say, okay, let's go. No, dude. I wanted to go to that rebirth event. But we got in the car at 2 a.m.? We did. We fucking drove to L.A. Well, it was like, it was a little after two. It was like 2.05 by the time I got there, 2.10. Um, because I wasn't, I'm not used to getting up and driving past <laughs> Westgate at 2 a.m. on a Friday when everyone's leaving the bar. So, like, I was not prepared by any means for that, that traffic that we ran into. There's I a was, lot of people there. There was. A shit ton of people there. It's like, I didn't, I was like, fuck, I forgot that it was a 2 a.m. on a Friday night. <laughs> I was like, shit. And then, so we ended up driving. We got to L.A. about 8.40, or about 8 o'clock. Yeah, well, we got there. We got there about, about 8, 8.30. No, we got there about 7.45. Did we? Yeah. I was like 8, 8.30, because we didn't stand in line for very long for the press event that started at 9. No, it took us a while to park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't really have that hard a time finding parking. It was just finding... One that would use a card. Right, because none of us had cash, like morons. 
on top of only going there for one day, neither yeah. of us brought money. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a clusterfuck all around, man. Um, we didn't, unfortunately, we didn't have a cool Asian guy story. But like, we did have a cool Chip story. Yeah, we got to see Chips, the uh, California Highway Patrol. That was funny. Watching the dude in the Nissan blow past us. He had to have been doing 100 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. And then the cop that we passed coming out of nowhere to try and pull him over. And they, uh, he follows him all the way up the freeway for about two, three miles. Mm-hmm. Then follows him off the off-ramp, and the car, like, stops. The cop gets off his bike, and the car takes off. <laughs> and the cop just throws his arms in the air. So I guess goes to show you, if you're going to outrun a cop, just wait for him to get off his bike and then haul ass. So in L.A., the trick is wait till the cop gets off his motorcycle <laughs> and then fucking take off. Yeah, and be gone. But no, I'd actually say the way they set up getting into WonderCon with a vehicle, you could tell that they are used to the traffic and the the amount of people that come with L.A. Mm-hmm. Because like here in Phoenix, going in and out of an event like that, that close, because we parked literally across the street. Right, we parked right next to the Staples Center. So here in Phoenix... It would have been a clusterfuck getting into it, yeah, and a clusterfuck getting out of it. And LA just, they just shut all the roads down, yeah, and it was just coned off, so you just had to just drive in. I mean, it was it was smooth sailing to get in, even though it was twenty dollars to park. Their parking was kind of fucked up though too, like how close they had us parked next to each other. Oh yeah, but they had a car parked right behind me. Like that's fucked but, up. I, you know, like I was I, I was talking about when we got home, and but that's that that's LA. They're yeah. You know what I mean? They're, they have to maximize every. That's right. I mean that's pretty much California in general. I mean they have to maximize all the space that they can. Right. So, but I mean, yeah. When, when we walked out after it was all done and we were there and ready to go home, and there's a car like seven feet in front of you, and then there's a car at an angle blocking you in. <laughs> I was like, gee, I really thought we were gonna have to wait there for somebody to leave. <laughs> we had to sit there and wait <laughs> for the. The broad in front of us that was trying to back up and couldn't figure it out. Oh, my God. And our little buddy couldn't do the directions properly. Hey, man, it, it's, an, it's an art being able to direct the car to get out. But we get, okay, we get, to, we, now we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. But we get to L.A., we get there, We'd, we're running on fumes before we even get there. Oh, yeah. But we get there, we literally parked across the street, which was great, so we, we get to cross the street, we walk next to Staples Center, we get in there. I'll tell you, the, to get the badges, media is the way to go. Because you just walk up, you get your badge, and you walk away. There are yeah. no lines. There is no... Because, like, that's the one thing I say about, like, Phoenix Comic Con here is they have, like, 20 lines, like, 20 things open, and you just walk up, get your badge, and you walk away. Yeah. I don't know how well you looked at the waiting to get the badges for WonderCon. Mm-hmm. It looked like it looked like they had a bunch of people, but it was just it was so many people just standing in line. Because like, right, I don't think they were releasing badges yet when we got in there. I think that's what they were waiting for. There was a lot of people waiting, and then there's yeah. some people that are waiting for like autographs. Mm-hmm. But I, I thought that was, and I, I saw online that that was kind of like a that was a big complaint by people was the actual waiting to get your badge. It was really hard to get the badge itself. Yeah, but I'll have to say. Their badges are legit. They are. They were very nice. They were very. They even had our names on it. I did. Yeah, and the podcast name, which was interesting. But there's going to be changes, and I think WonderCon was definitely. Kyle made the the um, comment while we were there that 
WonderCon is definitely the convention for all the people that couldn't get into San Diego. Oh, yeah. It's it's a little San Diego Comic-Con. It's almost set up just like San Diego Comic-Con. Um, this was the first year it was at the Phoenix Convention, or the L.A. Convention Center. It's normally in Anaheim. Which I think they need to go back to Anaheim. Which they are next year, yeah. yeah. And I think that was part of it. But it was a very, it was a, it was a clusterfuck because once we got the badges, we had to, we were walking to go find where we had to go to go to this, the Rebirth event. So we're walking all over the place, and we went to this one door where it was all closed off, and then we figured out, I was like, well, we're VIP, we VIP'd to this, and then I read the emails, oh, we need to go get a wristband, and we had to wait for them to tell us where to go get the wristbands, so we had to go get the wristband, and then we had to, like, badge in. So we went to the wristband area once, and they're like, you can't come through here, and so we went to the door, and then we came back, and we're like, well, we got to go get our wristbands for this event, oh, we'll badge in. So then they have, like, these these badge areas that you have to like scan your badge as you go through, which I think is ingenious. I think I think that's. I honestly believe that scanning your badge cuts down on the bottlenecking. Yeah, because now you, they're not they're not looking at your badge. As long as your badge makes that noise and that green light comes on, you're good. So all they're watching is for green lights. Yeah, and it cuts down on the amount of people they have to hire. Yes. And I think, and you know, it's gonna, it's also gonna cut down on forgery, yeah, and fake. Because I mean, if it doesn't scan, because there's something in it that was making it scan. There's, yeah, there's some kind of sensor inside of it. Mm-hmm. So, I thought it was good. The only part I didn't like was that the, I didn't think the lanyards were long enough. See, I'm tall. Yeah, I'm not super tall, but I'm six one, mm-hmm. and to bend down every time to get the. They're going to have to make those sensors at least 12 inches higher. Yeah. Well, and I found myself not so much when you were scanning in, but scanning out. They, they had that, like, black, like, hump there, and I was tripping over it. Yes. So, like, I'd put my head down to scan, and I'd start walking because there's people behind me, and I'd trip over it. <laughs> and it was like, what the fuck, you know? But we finally get into the rebirth, which is finally cool. The one problem I did find with the biggest problem I found with WonderCon was kind of like how Phoenix Comic Con was like two two or three years ago. It seemed like everybody only knew a little bit. Yeah. Like like people weren't told but if you're in front of a door, I think you should have the rundown on why you are standing in front of that door. Yeah, it's like they so, were just sat there and like stand here. Just stand here. Well okay <laughs> I'm trying to get you can't. Yeah. Well I have the VIP badge. Well we don't know what that is. Yeah. That's that's the one thing I would find that they need to do is if whoever's in charge of what, they need to be keyed in. Mm-hmm. Because, like, that person didn't know, the person, the other person didn't know, but the person inside who wasn't outside knew. Yeah. So I think I think that's – that, and the whole con was like that. Mm-hmm. You would talk to one person, they would tell you no. You'd talk to another person, they'd tell you yes. And that makes well, it's the, like your the, experience frustrating. Well, we were leaving the uh, – the, the rebirth event, because we'll get we'll get back to rebirth. We'll go into rebirth as a whole. So we'll skip past the rebirth event and then come back. Um, like when we left the rebirth event and we went up, and we're like, asked the dude, "Hey, where's the vendor hall? Vendor hall? Yes. What's a vendor hall? Like he really like looked you dead in the eyes and was like, "What's a vendor hall? And you were like, "This right here." And you put it on the map, the exhibitor hall. And he was like. Oh, that, and then he pointed us in the right direction, <laughs> which was even that was even hard to get to because you walked out of a building and there's no signs whatsoever right. that says 
exhibitor hall this way. Yeah. Like, you, like, walked, like, behind, like, parking lots and diesel pull-ins. Mm-hmm. And, like, the back entrances to the whole convention center. Right. So that you can find to go into the exhibitor hall. So, like, you're just wandering. Like, I mean, like, and it wasn't like San Diego or anybody where there's, like, constant movement of people. It's like once you were one place, it was packed. Right. But going from place to place, it was, like, sporadic people. Like, Mm -hmm. it was mostly, like, people, like, just milling about. Yeah, we didn't really run into a big group of people until we hit the food truck area. Yes. And once we hit the food truck area, that's when it was like, okay, there's a shit ton of people here. And then, like, even getting, yeah, and then, you know, and then once you get into the other hall, then it's crowded once again. Yeah. To get into it, because down, you know, at the convention center, I don't know how many people out there have been there, but it was... There was like these escalators to get up to actually get into the exhibit floor, and then there was this huge bottom floor, and it was like where everybody was cosplaying and like milling yeah. about and like lingering. And you really couldn't get in there; like you had to wait for people to move out to be able to get down and get in there. Like that was where everybody was just just hanging out. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, what I mean, like you got tired of wandering around the convention, so you just went out into this big, concrete, yeah, like meeting area, mm-hmm. and like it it made it impossible because. It made it impossible to take pictures. It made it impossible to really do anything because there were so many people in that area. You had to wait until they scanned their badges to get out, and mm-hmm. you walked away, and it was just a fucking... It, it was just a clusterfuck. The, the whole, like, the whole thing was just a clusterfuck. Like, even going on Twitter, people were complaining about the way it was being run and not people not knowing anything and not getting enough information and, you know, not being able to be know what's going on. I mean, that, that made it hard. It makes it really hard because they give you a pamphlet. Pamphlet? They give you a pamphlet. They give you a pamphlet to explain the, the <laughs> which tells you nothing. Right. It told you nothing, which I completely spaced the fucking app. Yeah. I mean, I completely forgot about it. Yeah, me too. Which it didn't matter because the times were wrong on it. Well, right. And we had, I mean, because we were, we were there for a mission. We had interviews we wanted to get. We had signatures we wanted to get. And we had the press release, so we knew who was signing and who was doing what at what time at the DC booth. So we were good there. But it's just like everything else, like, okay, well, this person's supposed to be this time. Hey, what, they didn't explain what needed a wristband, what didn't need a wristband, you know, yeah. when it came to signatures. Because there was a signature you wanted, but it was a wristband-only event, and yep. it didn't say that it was a wristband-only event. And, and I didn't even see half the fucking place. <laughs> yeah. But... So we finally decide we're gonna we're gonna we, what we wanted to go there first. We wanted to see the the rebirth. We wanted to we wanted to hear what everybody was gonna say about it. So we got our VIP badges. We stood in line for oh, an gonna, hour. You're gonna skip the whole Brian Michael Bendis story. I'm gonna come back to Brian Michael oh, Bendis. Okay. I want I want to get into okay rebirth. I want to get into rebirth. Okay. Because you know what, I want to when I get to Brian Michael Bendis, I want to. I didn't want to brush over him. You want to go on a high note. I want to go on a high note with that guy. <laughs> All right. But, so we wait in line for an hour, which nobody knew where we were going to line up. Nobody knew how we were going to get in, where we were going to get in. We couldn't get any answers. Finally, we kind of just camped out until we kind of created a line. Yeah. So we walk in. They finally let us in. It's an hour. They're giving out uh, D and C donuts. Which was kind of cool. The C looked like a giant cock. Yes, it did. <laughs> which I hated eating it. 
<laughs> it was like a big yellow banana cock. But you love the taste of it. But it tasted just great. <laughs> Which was cool. I mean, we went right in there. We got front row. I think oh, we yeah. got some of the coolest seats in there. Yeah. Uh, we got a ton of pictures. I'm going to put them up on the Facebook. Did you have you looked through them? Yeah. They're awesome. They're good shots. I'm going to put them on the Facebook after, uh, after I release this episode. So we get into the event, and it, it I mean... It was really cool. I mean, Jim Lee comes out. Yeah. I think Jim Lee came out first. Uh, it was Jim Lee and then DiDio came out at the same time. Yeah. And Jim Lee starts talking. They start telling us about Rebirth. Mm. You can find all of this on the DC Access uh, YouTube page or the DC Access page also. And you can see us sitting up front. Yep. They have the whole Rebirth press conference online. So we're just going to touch the highlights of it and what our thoughts are on the new books that are coming out. Um, but, uh, yeah, you can find all that online and it's worth watching. Yeah, it definitely is. It's worth them trying to tell you it's not a reboot when it's a reboot. Yeah. (laughs) Right. And the the thing that killed me is that there was a couple times where Jeff Johns like had to stop himself from saying the words reboot. There's a few times, um, a few people had to stop themselves from saying reboot. He even like referenced reboot and then corrected himself. Yeah. He's like, well, every time you reboot, I mean restart or rebirth a storyline. It's like, <laughs> dude, come on, man. Just gave it away. Yeah, man. come on, man. I liked how they set it up, though. I like how they did it by books. By character books? Yeah. Yeah, like they... They, they started with the Batman. They family, started with yeah. Batman. So I liked how they did that. I liked how... I liked how they got everybody out there because they... I think it was actually smart because they got you to actually connect. Mm-hmm. With every book that you were interested in, you got to connect to that book. Right. By by them coming out and talking about it. Because mm-hmm. they, they got you, you got a little bit of insight into the book. Like they started out with the Bat, with Batman. Yeah. So they had, uh, they had Tom King come out. They had Tim Seeley come out. Yep. They had, uh, who the fuck else came out before... Scott Slander came out. There's a few people out there. Yeah, I can't remember everyone now. It's like blanking. (laughs) But they basically came down the new line of all the Batman. Um, Like, I know that uh, the only name that sticks out is that, like, Raphael Albuquerque is now doing the art for Batgirl. Yes. Which I'm surprised. Yeah, after that whole debacle with the Joker cover. I'm surprised he is too. It got me. I mean, that actually got me excited for that. Like, I want. I'm. I can't wait to pick up the number one and check out the Albuquerque. Being able to see that because you know he's got a. If I was him, I would. I would draw at least one panel that was close, to what didn't get put out. Yeah. It might not have to be. As, you know, it, he needs to reference it somehow. <laughs> he's got. He's right. He's gonna draw the book. He needs to reference that and somehow. He probably won't, though. I know he won't. He'll probably stay away. But Albuquerque art makes me excited. I I could give a shit less about the book. Albuquerque doing it made me, made me interested yeah. in the book. Tom King, I'm really interested in seeing... God, I'm really interested in seeing what he's going to do with Batman. Yeah, me too. It, I got the and I, I you asked, just didn't like the ejector seat Batman, huh? No, because you were down for it and you're like, this is gonna be awesome. And they showed the the page of Batman like being shot out of an ejector seat, and you're like, oh no. <laughs> I, 
I wish you could hear me through the whole. Th- I wish we would have recorded us during that because I am thumbs downing and ugh, no yeah. and fuck that the whole time. Listen, I'll be the first one, to, and I I said it many people to many people. Rebirth isn't gonna be as big as they are hyping it to be. No, Rebirth is not, in my opinion, not gonna be the event that everybody is saying it's gonna be. I know everyone's going to go out and buy 10 of every book now. You, you, if you've learned anything from being a comic book fan in the last 10 years, they overhype an event, and then the event falls flat. Look mm-hmm. at Marvel. Look at um, Secret Wars. Look at the um, the whole Watcher event. Look at um, Access. Look at um, Avengers vs. X-Men. Like They had all these events that were so pushed and so hyped and they fell flat. I mean, look at DC's Convergence. Convergence is pr- another perfect one. Like, I was like, I was excited to see it and they got it and I was like, meh. It would just, it fell flat. Robin Wars. Robin Wars is another perfect one. They went through Robin Wars. They had that whole thing with Dick Grayson and the owl mask and it never talked about it again. Nothing. It's gone forever. Yeah. What the fuck? Right? And I was, I was almost expecting a reference to it because, I mean, the way they explain Rebirth is Part of the new 52 is going to stay. Elements of the new 52 are going to stay. Mm-hmm. With elements from everything you knew and love from DC are going to come back. Yeah. Which I'm kind of skeptical on that. How, mm-hmm. do, you, how do you mesh? Well, they're saying that the new 52 is going to be a point in time in the DC universe. So everything that's happened in the new 52 is staying. Everything's going to be continuity-based. But they're moving on to a different point in time. But I mean, that's so, not. New so it's 52. just going to give them reference points, like yeah, they're going to. I don't know. I, I don't. It just seems like it's going to be like. What it really seems like it's going to be to me, is it's going to be. Almost like okay, like the Wonder Woman book. Mm-hmm. Okay, like they introduced us to. Not only are we going to get one Wonder Woman book, we're going to get two Wonder Woman yeah, bi-weekly so the, Wonder Woman. Books. So the way they're doing the Wonder Woman book is. They're having a, a current Diana, the way she is now, and then a Wonder Woman year one. So the I think it's the odd number books are... Is it odd or even? One, three, five... Odd is going to be... Year one. Yes. Yeah, okay. So even books are the Diana currently, and then odds are year one, or vice versa, either way. <laughs> so you're getting... You can't technically have a complete Wonder Woman run... Because you're only going to have book one, three, five, seven, nine, and one other book, and then two, four, six, eight, ten, and another run. Like, it's two runs going in the same number count simultaneously. That and that's what I expect all of Rebirth to do, in a sense, is is be like that, like like jumpy, like that. And I almost feel offended by DC, the fact that they're they're sitting here trying to take our like. Take advantage of they're basically calling you fans, us fans, stupid. With the well, we believe that we should give you the the books at a fair price. All of our books, two ninety nine. That's fantastic. That oh, is- but now our major titles everybody reads: Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Arrow, are gonna be biweekly books. So you're still spending six bucks. So now you're spending six bucks a month. Now you're gonna be spending. Uh, Twelve bucks a month. Twelve bucks a month. Depend. Oh no, you're just no yeah. six. Six bucks a month. What you're well, six bucks. Yeah, every two weeks. Yeah. Um, what you're spending now for one book a month. So you're well, still spending six dollars so, a month. So basically, if you read Batman, it's bi-weekly. So that's that's 
what, four? No. That's, um... You get two books a you month. You get two books a month. Yeah, so you get two books a month, and then but that's depending on how many DC titles you read. So you could potentially be spending way more money than you are now on DC titles. Yes. So you read Batman into, into once a month. Okay, fantastic. So you're reading Batman once a month. Well, now you're going to be reading Batman twice a month on top of what other Batman book you're going to read. So you're actually going to be spending more money in the long run. So, like me, right off the bat, I'm probably going to check out Batman, Tom King, Batman. Guaranteed. So, that, so that's right there. There's six bucks. And then Scott Snyder's run that we haven't even talked about yet. All-Star Batman. All-Star Batman. There again. So there's another. That's 12 bucks a month right there. Yep. Like, I'm definitely going to be checking out Nightwing. Yeah. I know that's only once a month, but it's, that's another book. Uh, Titans. There's another book. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be checking out. Probably Teen Titans with Damien. And, yep, Teen Titans with Damien. So I'm already at, what, six books? Yep. Because I'm already going to be checking out Batgirl as well. I mean, but not all their books are bi-weekly. Only some of them. So. Most of those books there are bi-weekly. Yeah. I don't know if Teen Titans was bi-weekly. I don't think Teen Titans, Titans, or Nightwing are going to be bi-weekly. No. But I know it was going to be Batman... Batman All-Star, Superman, um, well, Wonder gonna, Woman. I don't fucking read Superman anyway. I don't read Superman either. But that's a lot. And then uh, and then they're introducing multiple Supermans. Yeah. The all-new Superman, which is... from I think he's Chinese. Yeah, and he finds himself infused with the power of Superman. He's basically Shazam. Yeah, I wasn't... I don't know. I think I let out a pretty long yeah. groan for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know they heard me, too. And then, because let's see, they're doing, so like we just said, Scott Snyder is going to do All-Star Batman. So he left Batman to continue to do Batman. And he kind of explains in my interview that you'll hear at the end of this episode um, that, uh, so yeah, well, before I get into it, stay tuned at the end of the episode for a interview with uh, Scott Snyder. And Tim Seeley. And Tim Seeley. Because Tim Seeley will be doing Nightwing. Yep. Uh, but at the, So in our interview, he kind of explains why he left Batman and went to go do All-Star Batman. But All-Star Batman is going to be like team, it's almost like a team-up book between Batman and different villains. And each story arc is going to have a different artist, All-Star artist on it. So the first artist he's going to be working with is John Romita Jr. Yep. And then he's going to be working with Jock. Yep. Which will be cool. So it's the first. His first run is going to be a two faced story that he said he he wants to tell, which is kind of exciting. And I'll be interested to see how that goes. But I don't. I don't know. I know they signed, and they they were talking about that they signed Scott Snyder to a exclusive deal D- with DC. Yeah, and Amanda Connor also who's doing Harley Quinn. So which means they just they were throwing money at people to stay, yeah. which is obviously. Something well, it's they like, needed to do. It's like they opened up their, their wall and they're like, how much is it going to take you to stay, Scott? And just started making it rain until he said when. He had to because he, he stopped doing Batman, which it kind of explains why he stopped doing Batman. Yeah. But then he also was going to do Detective. Detective, that's another one that's going to bi-monthly. Yeah. Or bi-weekly. Um, so he, he goes out of that, which also tells you that he had something in mind that he wanted to do. If he was backing mm-hmm. away from books. Yeah. There was... He had an idea. Maybe he was going to Image. Maybe he had an idea. And DC put a fucking stop to it. Yeah. You were not. Yeah, they, that tells me. You were me, forever writing Batman. That tells me the fact that they linked him to a long-term lucrative DC deal, or exclusive DC deal, that he had something else. He was leaning towards something else, and they yeah. they locked that up. 
But, Which would it probably would be cool to find out what he really had in mind. Yeah. And what he wanted to do. It was going to go to Marvel. Or Image. Or Image, yeah. Do a couple uh, create-your-own books. But, um, cool, because that's what uh, Greg did. Greg Poole, he left Batman, and he's going to go do a book with Mark Millar over uh, at Image. I'm surprised so. he's not doing it through his uh, own company. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that would be cool, Image, Millar, Poole. Um but some of the other books we're getting, we're getting Batman. We talked about Superman, All Star Batman, Tim uh, Night or Dick Grayson is going back to being Nightwing in a Nightwing book. Which I tried to get Tim. If you listen, if you stay to the end of the episode to listen to my interview with him, I tried to get, I tried to get the information of how they're going to fuse him back to being Nightwing without everybody knowing. Yeah, and I think I, I think I almost had him. I almost had him. Yeah. But he thought twice. Um, so when we were talking, they were there's a new book. It's called, um, wasn't it called Birds of Prey? That was, uh, it was Cassie Kane, Batgirl. Yeah. Um, it was like an all-female cast. Uh-huh. And they were trying to, Barbara Gordon was pissed off because someone was going around calling herself Oracle. Well, I'm going to say right now, Oracle, I guarantee you, is going to be Harper Row. Because she quit being Bluebird. She she said she doesn't want to be Bluebird anymore at the end of Batman Robin Eternal. Yep. So it, what what else makes sense? She's going to go to being Oracle. And she's techie and she's... Yeah. Little, yeah. So, so... And plus they show the cover art and it pretty much gives it away. <laughs> right. But... Um, Which was cool during that too is we got to see a lot of the covers. Yeah. To, and actually we... You said that uh, press thing, we got to see all the covers. Yep. We've got copies of all the covers from the press release. Which I can put those online, too. We should put those online. Um, I'll definitely do that. But we're getting a new Green Arrow book, and he looks more like the, the TV Green Arrow, TV show Green Arrow costume-wise, but he's got the goatee. Um, and Jeff, Jeff John said that's because all the best Green Arrow stories, he's had the goatee. I think it's good that the, the, things like that that bring him back. Like, they're, ta- they're getting rid of the red and black Nightwing. Yep, going to blue and black. Because that is Nightwing. Yeah. Which, don't get me wrong, when Kyle Higgins was doing Nightwing and it was red, it, 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 it's a cool fucking... Yeah. It, it, it's a cool costume. I, I really like it. But you know what? When you think of Nightwing, you think of blue and black. Right. So. But and I, I asked Tim Seeley about that, and you'll get to hear that in the interview, his, what they, how they decided that he was going back to the, to the black blue and, and black. blue. Um, and then you've got... Uh, what else? Um, what's in the detective is going to be Batman and Batwoman training new recruits. Oh, yeah. I think that's another one. I went, nah. Yeah, because it's, it's Tim Drake returning as Robin. Yes. So he's not Red Robin anymore. He's returning to being Robin. Which is kind of cool. And then it's Clayface and... On the team. Yeah, on the team. And then there was one other... I can't remember who the other character was. Was it... Was it I don't know. I tuned out after that. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll put the cover online. But I was actually sometimes I was actually dozing off during it too for being tired. So that that was an iffy one. Um, I like the idea. They also announced which that Damien will be running the yeah, Teen, Teen Titans, Titans. Yeah. Which is kind of exciting. It's he appoints himself the leader of the Teen Titans, and nobody else <laughs> wants him to be the leader. He doesn't care. I like the idea of that yeah. because. That means you get to hear the smart-ass remarks and the yeah. banter behind it, which I think will make it a funner read. 
I expect him to fight half of the Teen Titans all the time anyways. Because the last couple runs of Teen Titans have been real campy. Yeah. Real blah. So I, I'm hoping that this is the Teen Titans that brings it back to a more exciting run of Teen well, Titans. Well, I think, I think that um, that just that what that oddball factor of throwing Damian Wayne in there makes it more interesting. Oh, yeah. Because it's still, it's still Arsenal, um, Kid Flash, uh, Starfire, Beast Boy, Raven, and oh, was it Raven or was Raven Titans? I think Ravens and Titans. Maybe. Um, but, yeah, it's Damian, It's a Damian Wayne-led team. <clears throat> and that's the tagline they said they used it was, you know, um, he thinks he's the leader, that no, but nobody wants him to be. <laughs> I and, like the idea of that. I really do. And what grabbed me and also grabbed you, too, was the title of the new Nightwing. Uh, Nightwing better than Batman. Yeah. Love that. So. And it was kind of cool hearing, you know, and hearing Tom King and Tim Seeley kind of joke around about that. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was funny was later was when I asked Tom King if he was going to make Batman campy. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... It's a legit question. If, it is, if, 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 especially if you read his his Grayson run. If yes, and you and I know most of you have sat here month after month and listened to me. I mean, goddamn it, Grayson sang it. He, he sang his own theme song for two issues, and I did actually say <laughs> that to him too. I mean, you you you've got to question a little bit. Yeah. How are they going to do Batman? But you know what, Batman I think is one of those characters where a lot of people. The inspiration comes up like Joker. Yeah. It seems like the inspiration just comes up for people, and the Joker can just, that does things that other characters, they can't get other characters to do. So, you know what? I, I think he's going to do fine. Well, even, um, even Scott Snyder, like speaking of the Joker, like I asked him, I said, you know, you've, you've made it a point to say that you've told your Joker story. Like, you were done writing Joker and Batman. And I asked him, I said, well, now that you're going to All Star Batman and you're doing this new twist do you have a joker story in mind he's like well i can't give too much away but i do have a joker story in mind so he's gonna write apparently he's gonna eventually write joker stories again but it'll be interesting to see tim king's take on uh joker and see what he does or tom king yeah tom king tom king fucked his name who's gonna be his first villain he wasn't gonna be the joker no i don't think they said i don't think they said either but uh, we'll probably find out in the rebirth because him and Scott Snyder co-wrote the rebirth issue. Oh, really? So the eighty-eight page rebirth issue. The eighty-eight page rebirth for three dollars. For three bucks. That is a that's a deal. That's a deal. Now, how many of those pages are going to be ads? We don't know. Uh, Seventy-eight, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but they say that that rebirth issue, somebody's going to live, or somebody's going to come back to life, somebody's going to die. Uh huh. Um, and it's going to shake. It's going to be the the biggest event. In DC history, we'll see about that. Oh, and, and then they also released something cool about uh, Justice League Fifty, which comes out May twenty fifth. Yes, Do, is it May twenty fifth? I googled 25th? it. It's May twenty fifth because June will already have started. Because because they're already on fifty. They're about to be on what? No, it should be. I I think I googled it. I think it's May twenty fifth. I thought it was June because I looked at I looked at Comicology and it said June, so I don't know. We'll have to look it up. Yeah, but they're gonna um, go back to the beginning of the Dark Side Wars, when Batman took a seat on the throne, and they're gonna answer the question of who Joker's true identity is. Which, I'm, you know what? There is so personally many, so much speculation out there about who it actually is. Personally. 
I like it better. Not knowing. Not knowing. I think keeping that looming. Yeah. Keeping it a, a thought, keeping it a discussion, I, I think that's better. I think doing this is, I think that's a mistake. Because whoever it's going to be, it's going to be a letdown. It's, uh, you know what I mean? I, I don't see. Yeah, there's talk that it could be Alfred. There's, there's rumors that it could be Alfred. It's been Alfred this entire time. There's rumors that it could be um, May twenty fifth. Oh really? Five twenty five. That's from the DC website. Yeah. I'll take that over Comicology then. Because it says, and then Justice League fifty one is six eight, and then Justice League fifty two is six twenty two. They must be really behind on the Justice League books, and since every other book's at fifty right now. Yeah. Because isn't everything rebirthing? Everything's rebirthing in June. Yeah. So, um, there, there's people saying that it could be Thomas Wayne Jr. There's people saying that it could be his dad. Could be, uh, Mr. Chill. Or Joe Chill. I don't think so, though. I don't see that. No. I, because I thought about it, because I've heard a couple people say that. I actually think Jose said that. Yeah. I heard a couple other people say that, but it doesn't line up to me. Yeah, no. You know what I mean? But... I don't think they should do that. I think that's a mistake. But it's easily I'm going to buy it and read it. It's easily reversed, though. It's easily something that... Well, they're doing it right before it rebursts. Well, too. right. And it's something that they can eventually retcon, though, too. Yeah, but it's still there now. It's yeah. there. It, I don't care what you do. Yeah. It's it's, to buy, it's a ploy to buy books. Yeah. It's, it's, a ploy, it's a ploy to buy books. You know what? I'll take that over... No, I read it. I'd rather, I would almost say I'd rather take it over a variant... But no, they just need to quit with those two. He, he's just the it's he's the only character left that you don't know his true identity. Yeah, because you know Penguin, you know Scarecrow, you know Riddler, you know Mister Freeze. You just don't know Joker. And I like that. I like the fact that it's and it's got to be someone that it's gonna be like mind blowing and it's gonna shake Batman fans to like their core. And I don't think they're I don't think I don't think they're gonna do that. You don't I think really, so? No. I think we're gonna sit here next month. I don't, well, Two months. Basically, next month seeing tomorrow is April first. I think we're gonna see. I think we're gonna come here May, and we're gonna talk about it, and we're gonna talk about how we're disappointed. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but I would say overall, I'm still on the fence about rebirth. I'm still skeptical of the whole thing. I'm still not. I don't like the fact of it. I still think that they should have stuck with. They're not rebooting anything. They're not rebirthing anything. With maybe they should have done like another like. Convergence thing, not start everything over at one. Yeah. But maybe did some kind of transitional. Maybe they could have done their rebirth issue, not called it that, but transit just transitioned it and just kept going. Yeah. Well, they also announced that you're gonna get um, you're gonna get uh, Batman Beyond with Terry McGinnis again. That's gonna kind of cool. Like, there's a bunch of books that got me excited. I'll, yeah. I mean, I'll be honest. There's uh, Son of Batman meets Son of Superman, or Son of Superman meets Son of Batman. Um, I think that's what I did when I heard that. There's Titans, Teen Titans. There's um, a uh, John Constantine and uh, Swamp Thing thing team-up book. I'm pretty... I'm going to check that one out. Yeah, that should be interesting. Um, There's Suicide Squad, and Bizarro is now a member of the Suicide Squad. Um, 
There's just a lot. There's a lot of books coming. There's like Harley Quinn. A shit ton of Superman books coming out. Different Superman books coming. Yep, Harley Quinn. And they um, would, what did uh, Amanda Connor say that they're going to be opening her up is? more? Yes. Yeah. So you're going to get a lot more teams up with her and Poison Ivy and appearances and po- from other Power people. And, and, yeah. yeah. Um, Power Girl and. But overall, I would say it out there is listen to the Rebirth. Watch the Rebirth video. Look for us on there. I'm wearing an Absolute Geek Podcast yep, shirt. Yeah, right in the front row. You can't miss us. You can't, you, you can't miss us half asleep up no, front. Yep, no. Um, it's worth a watch. It, it put me from fuck that to on the fence. Yeah. So I guess if that's what... I guess mission accomplished for DC then because, I mean... There wasn't anything that was... The, the most shocking thing to me about Rebirth... That rebirth event was just Scott Snyder doing leaving Batman to go basically do Batman. <laughs> He's leaving Batman to go write um, All Star Batman because he said he says in the interview he still had more stories to tell but he didn't want to do it without Greg, which is awesome. I think. And so he left and he went to go do something else, and he's but he still had more stories to tell and that's how All Star Batman came about. But um, the the one book that stood out to me that sounds almost stupid is The Flash. Yes. So, with The Flash, there's going to be a speed force storm that produces more speedsters um, and Barry Allen has to train them. And one of them becomes evil and starts killing the people and he calls himself Godspeed. That, that's my problem with The Flash is there's already so many speedsters. You got, what, um, Flash, you got Kid Flash, you got Reverse Flash, you got Professor Zoom, um, and the list goes on. I yeah. know there's more. But yeah, now we don't you don't need half the city being speedsters. Right. Well there's there's Wally West, there's you know yeah, there's so there's Jay Garrick, there's so many speedsters already, and you don't need that many speedsters. The fact that they're doing a book that's concentrated on making like a team yeah. of speedsters. Mm-hmm. I I mean I was once they said that I was disinterested in the flash. Like I was Already ready for them to move on to the next comic. Like, it, it seems to me like in those those books that like the sp- the the speed force is like that loose girl on prom night just giving it up to everybody. <laughs> like that's that's like the best analogy for it. Is the speed force is like a loose girl on prom night giving it up to anybody? Yeah, they, they, you know, and the fact that they're they're gonna write a story like that, I think, I think that, I personally think half these stories are gonna bomb. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, I don't see the Superman one, the all new Superman going very far. No, I don't. Um, I don't see the. I don't. Know, there's yeah. There's a couple of them I don't see going very far. There, there was a couple times I turned to you and I was like, I don't think this book is gonna make it past ten issues. <laughs> yeah. They're just not. But go on, watch the video. You guys will know yeah, exactly post, what we're talking I'll about. I'll post a link to the video on the Facebook so you can watch that, along with the pictures we took and. And everything, and all the covers, so you can see um, everything there. The one thing we did get on the way out, we got a really cool lithograph. Yeah, we did. Of, well, where's it? The new lineup. Yeah. Oh, that's the other one. That's the new green. The green, new Green Lantern is all rookie. It's two rookie Green Lanterns. Yes. Which is pretty cool. But we, everybody who's a part of it, got a Jim Lee autographed re, uh, rebirth. So it's got. So there's only a couple of hundred of them in existence because there wasn't very many people at the event. No, it wasn't. But it's got an 
I really like the way that they drew Damien. He almost looks like a swashbuckler. Yeah. It's, Swashbuckling Damien Wayne. But it's a really cool. I, th- I thought that, that was kind of my favorite part of the whole rebirth thing. Yeah. Superman, Wonder well, Woman, Batman's on it. We said, where the hell's Damian Wayne? Because uh, clearly Duke is going to be the new Robin in Batman and Robin. And we were like, where the hell's, what's going on with Damian Wayne? And then, lo and behold. Because we were talking about Titans. that before. Yeah. Trying to figure we out. We were talking it. about that on the way there. Yeah. On the way to WonderCon. But they, I, I, yeah, I think when they announced that Duke was good, I think I groaned on that one too. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I'll tell you though, I will be honest though, because you, everyone out there, you guys have heard our opinions on rebirth. We, but I'll tell you, sitting there, maybe I'm, maybe I'm one of those guys that are sucker for the infomercials, because I'm on the fence now. So yeah, I'm. Well, they obviously didn't do much to sway you if you went from fuck it to on the fence. <laughs> I you mean, didn't. You didn't go from fuck it to I can't wait. I can't yeah. wait. Well, they got me from fuck it to. Now my eyebrow is raised. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, like now, you know, now I'll put that next to my magic bullet and my vacuum sealer <laughs> and my... Uh, <laughs> your ton, your two-ton tub of OxyClean? Yes. <laughs> but, no, that was... So your we, George Foreman grill? Yep. Oh, I do have one of those, too. But I think... Uh, so watch Rebirth. Go online. Check it out. It's worth checking out. So now we're free for the rest of the con. Yep. And that's what happened. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing is that everything we wanted to do and accomplish was literally like back to back to back. Like we wanted to get Brian Michael Bendis uh, signature on some stuff. And so we went to go do that. But everyone was like, well, yesterday he started signing and they kicked him out of here because he wanted to keep signing. He had a long line, um, but they kicked him out of here. And the... And the Brian Michael Bendis signing was pretty much going on at the same time we were trying to get in to interview Scott Snyder. Yeah. So there was a lot going on. But we did get... So we do get to go get in line for Brian Michael Bendis. Yes. We've decided that if they cut the line last time, we're not going to take any chances. We're getting in line. And we worked it. We are first and second in line, kind of. For a minute, we weren't. Well, yeah, for a minute we were, and then it switched, and then somehow this red-headed troll with a fucking dog appeared out of nowhere in front of us, and then, you know, they moved the line again, and the one kid that was behind us ended up in front of us. But, like, it was cool. Like, this, that's the, the class act that Brian Michael Bendis is. Like, there was another signing going on ahead of time, and he was like, well, I'm starting my signing early because they cut me off yesterday, and I want to make sure you all get signed. I think, so I think he showed, I think the signing was at 2.15, and I think he actually showed up at like one forty-five. No, it was at two thirty, and he showed up at two o'clock. Is that what it was? Yeah, he showed up thirty minutes early. And he just and I, I walk up and I go, "That's fucking Brian Michael Bendis." And I was then I was like, "No, no, no." And then he kept he just keeps walking up and he's like, "All right, guys, I'm ready to sign the books." Yeah, I had my head down and all of a sudden I hear, "Are you guys in line for me?" And I look up and there's Brian Michael Bendis right in my face. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> and then yeah, he signed our stuff and. He went down the line signing, which was really, really good. And, he, you know, he was taking his time. He wasn't rushing anybody. He was, you know, you got to have a conversation like, you know, like me and him talked about. I, You know, I told him how much I enjoyed his old man, Logan. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he he talked about how much he enjoyed writing it. Yeah. Which is cool, too, because you didn't get that. 
Thank you. Come again. Thank you. Uh, well, come I again. like that Thank he come again. he shafted on the guy in front of us. Oh yeah. Because he pulls out a stack of books and Brian signs them and he pulls on another stuff. He's like, "Can you make this out to my friend?" And Brian Michael Bendis was like, "Who eBay? Your friend eBay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that fucking was pretty funny. But yeah, he came. Down, like I think that's how they should do it at cons. Like they should come down the line signing stuff because that alleviates the dude there with like the stack of books. That alleviates the, the fucking 20-minute conversations you're going to have at the table. Yeah. You just come down the line, sign, sign, sign. Hey, thanks. You know, shake your hand. Hey, thanks. Make it more personable, and away you go, you know? Yeah, because, I mean, he caught us by surprise. I mean, it was... But, I, I yeah, I thought that was fucking totally awesome that he... Yeah. That he just, you know what? I want to make sure that everybody here... Because maybe he didn't realize that there was going to be that many people there for him. Yeah. I don't know how he could not. Well, I think he knew, and I think that it was just the fact that the last, on Friday night he had to cap his line, and there were still people waiting in line, that he, was just, he wasn't going to take that chance. And I yeah. thought that was cool that he actually took the time to think, you know what? Because a lot of people won't. A lot of people, I don't know what goes through people's minds, but people don't come early the next day. People just show back up for their signing, and they just yeah. sign a bit, like Todd McFarland. Yeah. Like, you have to, like, jump through hoops to get his autograph. Mm-hmm. And once it's done, it's done. Right. He stops. You know, yeah. you get a ticket. There's only so many tickets. Once it's done, it's done. Now, to show up a half hour early, to make sure that's someone who is a, appreciates their fans. And he doesn't do a lot of cons. Brian McAbundance doesn't do a lot of cons because he's got a young family, and he says, I'd rather stay at home with my family than going to conventions. So it's very rare that he does leaves New York to come out there. So, like, WonderCon, he did one day at San Diego last year, and that was it. And then he does New York Comic Con every year, but that's right in his backyard. But, but I mean, that just shows. I mean, I, I like, you know, and I'm sure most writers, artists, are appreciative of their fans. There's a few I've met that fucking aren't. They can give two shits. Yeah. But to go out of your way to show that appreciation, that, you know what, I'm here early because you guys... Yeah. Are willing to sit in line forever for me. Yeah. Well, like, I can tell you, Kevin Eastman's like that. He's very appreciative. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for coming, you know. Thanks for buying my book. Glad you enjoy it, you know. Um, George Perez, he's George another Perez. one that's like that. Greg Capullo is very much like that. He, he comes down the line, shakes everybody's hand. Hey, how's it going? What's up? What's up? You know, thanks for buying the book. You know, thanks for the yeah. support. Like, every time I've met Greg, he's always done it. He's come down the line, shook everybody's hands, like, all right, let's get this rolling, and start, just fucking start signing. He becomes a signing machine. Yes. You know, and it's... He stops and takes the picture, and and that's fantastic, but... That's, that's the way... I think that's the way it should be. And for that to back up the line, I don't mind. Yeah. Because I know I'm going to get my... The same experience everyone else's. So it's, it's worth... But it's worth for me to stand in line. But, you know, I've had those comic artists and writers that are just, you could tell they just... Don't want to be there. Like, uh, Scott Lobdell was like that. Mm-hmm. Like, when when I finally caught him, he was fucking super cool. But yeah. catching that guy, like, you could tell he didn't want to be there. Steve McNiven's kind of like that, too. Like, he's a... Uh, no, I'm sorry, not Steve McNiven. Charlie Soule is kind of like that, too. Like, he's... he's he doesn't go out of his way to, like, grab your attention, but if you walk up to him, he's a super nice guy. Yeah. Super nice guy and willing to sign anything, but he's just kind of like that, too, where he's, like... And Kyle Higgins is almost like that, too. Kyle Higgins yeah. kind of has, like, that, I don't know, almost, he like, douchebag... He seems douche stand bag, Almost douchebag body language. Yeah. 
and then, but once you talk to him, he's a super nice dude. Yeah, Kyle Higgins is awesome. He's super awesome. To uh, talk to him. Brian Otley kind of had that too, where he was like, kind of like the macho guy, like, don't fucking talk to me. And then we talked to him, he's super, super chill dude. That's what I learned at uh, the first time I met Ryan Otley. Was like because like that first time I see him, he looks. He almost like has like that resting dick face. <laughs> resting bitch face. <laughs> <laughs> like he almost looks like 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 it's he's inconvenienced. Mm-hmm. But when you walk him, he's like, hey, you know, yeah. he's super excited. Right. But that just, I mean, it blew me away that I knew Brian Michael Bennis wasn't a dick. I mean, I knew that yeah. beforehand, but I cannot express how much it meant to me that he was willing to come. To, to make sure his, sign early, to make yeah. sure his fans were happy, like that makes me like when I see the next Brian, Mike, which I already know is going to be good. Yeah, there's not. What can you think of that fucking? You're just like meh. Not I, there's nothing that he's written that I've been like maybe powers, but yeah. that's about it. But you know, for the most, but you know, even now, even more so, you're gonna pick that up because you know. Yeah, he's a nice dude. He's gonna support dude, him so. I want to make sure you, that Brian Michael Bennett gets the real That's why, out. like, I support Seeing Grace through everything he does. Like, even if it's something that, like, I'm not, maybe not into, <laughs> it's the fact that he's a cool dude, he's a friend, he takes the time to get to, to talk to you personally, you know, he he takes the time to give you that one-on-one experience, so it makes you want to support him. Well, so just I'll like, always just support Just like when we've seen him at WonderCon, how excited he was to yeah. see us. The first thing is he goes... He starts talking to us. He's like, well, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. He gets up and he walks around so he can give us a hug to tell right. us hi. Yeah. You know, like he had to stop And you can kind of tell that he was still kind of like standoffish about whether you're going to accept his hug or not because he just came up and like threw his arms around me and then he kind of gave you like that handshake that turned into a hug type of thing. <laughs> like but, he was unsure, yeah. yeah unsure I, uh, of what to do. I saw that. But that's the second time now, so I'm assuming the next time I see him, everything. He should be fine, yeah. Yeah, I should. Be, I should. But, yeah, he's a super cool man, a dude, and just like. It's amazing, like, they say don't meet your idols because they're only going to let you down. But I haven't run into that yet. Maybe maybe once or twice. Yeah. But, like, I've yet to... I kind of got that the first time I met Jeff Johns. Yeah. The, uh, not this time, because this he time... He kind of seemed like the Jersey Shore douche yeah. when he was up... Uh, even when he was up on stage for... The, the press conference he just kind of came off as like that Jersey Shore, Jersey Shore douche like when I met him at Amazing and he spelled my name wrong and my name's four letters yeah and like he did like there he seemed inconvenienced to yeah. actually like sign the books and like you know people paid that year he came you paid for a Jeff Johns badge yeah like I mean I didn't I just for him to spell my fucking name wrong <laughs> but I mean I caught him <laughs> I caught him talking on the phone. Yeah. At WonderCon. At WonderCon. Hey, Jeff, sign that. And he fucking did. Scribbled yeah. it. <laughs> Scribbled it quick. Yeah. He was... But, I mean, just like... And you know what? Like, being able to interview Tim Seeley, like, the fact that I got to do that was awesome. He's He writes a book that I like. He's going to be writing a book that I'm super excited about. I mean, to... to I thought it was awesome to be able to interview well, him. And that's the one thing that I felt that where it was the ball was dropped. And I don't know if it was necessarily WonderCon's fault if they employed those people or if those were people that were employed by DC for publishing. I think those are DC's people. But we were we got an, an email that said, here's who's available to be interviewed at WonderCon. Let us know who you want to interview. Okay, so right off the bat, Tom King, um, Tim Seeley, Scott Snyder. JRJR. JRJR. Okay, we'll come. So I did it, and it said, all right, we'll go to the DC booth after 
the convention or after the press conference and you'll get your time. So we get there and the woman says, All right, come back at three thirty. Yep. And we were like fourth on the list. <laughs> yeah. So I come back at three thirty and I stood there from three thirty to five. Yep. And I as YouTube people went ahead of us. And I don't know if it was like YouTube had precedence, but like I understand comic book resources. I understand uh, um, comicbooks.org. I understand, like, Geek New- GNN. I understand, like, uh, IGN, all these other places because they're they're known established media outlets. Like, they're big media outlets. They're bigger than us. Yeah. But when you've got someone that's got a YouTube channel that just comes up and says, I want to interview Scott Snyder, and you put them ahead of somebody who's been waiting... That's some bullshit. And that was pissing me off. And I give credit beyond words to Scott Snyder because he sat there. He looked at me the entire time. He knew I was pissed. He knew I was pissed. And, like, he came up there, and she was like, well, you got to do a signing. He was like, no. He was like, I'm going to finish my interviews, and then I'll go do my signings because I was waiting. And as I'm waiting, this other dude just comes out of nowhere, and he's like, yeah, i am got a YouTube channel. I want to interview Scott Snyder. And the lady was like, all right, well, you'll go next. And I looked at her, and I was like this. And she's like, oh, well, you're going to go next, and then he'll go next, but make sure it's quick. She's like, you get you get six minutes. I only ended up taking three, but people ahead of us were taking an hour or yeah, a half there, hour. Yeah, was, there was one set of people there that I think, uh, man, they must have did a 25-minute interview with. There was a guy that did an interview left because Scott had to go do an interview with DCLX and then came back and continued interviewing for another 20 minutes. <laughs> so by the time I got to him, I only got six minutes and I only used three because I was nice enough to let the guy that just walked up get time. Yeah. Because I could have took all the time and be like, fuck you, buddy. Because they weren't going to stop in the middle of it, I mean. Right. And But Scott was like, I'm going to do these. And I walked, he's like, I walked up there and she's like, hey, this is Matt from Absolute Geek. He's like, oh, I've heard of you guys. And he shook my hand and he was like, do you want to sit down? And I was like, no, I got a five-hour ride back to Phoenix. I'll stand. And he was like, all right, well, do you want something to drink? Because I'm going to get something to drink. And he was like, bring me a Coke. And he was like, do you want a drink? I was like, no, I'm good. Like, he could tell I was annoyed that I was standing there because, like, yeah. people I mean, were going I, out in front I think of. he looked at, because I sat there with you for about, what, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then I walked off. I think I walked off to do the Tim Seeley interview. And then I walked off to have uh, Tom King and I went to go get autographs. Yeah. And I, he probably looked up at me at least six times because we were still just standing there. Like, I don't know if he was like, why is this guy standing here? Does yeah. he want an autograph? Is there something that he wants or needs? Like, well, I don't the, know if he thought we were like weird stalkers. That's or, the other thing that pissed me off is that DC needs to do a better job of controlling their press conferences because when you're trying to do press and then people are coming out from out of nowhere and handing them books to sign while you're waiting to talk to them, like, that's, that's annoying. Yeah. Like, they have a signing for a reason. Go fucking do it. <laughs> but it was... I. The fact... But the end fact is we finally got in. Yeah. We finally got to interview Scott Snyder. We got to... Well, I mean, Tim Seeley was really easy to interview, which was really cool. I was stoked about that. Poor Tim Seeley. Nobody wanted to interview him. I did. <laughs> I know I you did. <laughs> I was stoked else. about it. What was really cool is to see JRJR get pissed off when they were like... Oh well, we fucked up your signing time. He was like, "No, I'm supposed to be here till three thirty doing press," and he, she was like, "No, we fucked up your signing. You got to go do signings now." And he was like, "Well, no," and he like wanted to stay to do interviews with Scott and 
they whisked him away to go do a signing. So oh, really? I didn't yeah. even see that happen. Yeah, they whisked him off to go do signings. <laughs> I wish I'd like to have seen his signing time. I would like to have gotten... But... Was he a wristband? I'm uh, not sure. Yeah. But I would say my overall feeling of WonderCon is I think if it's back in Anaheim because I heard in Anaheim it's a lot more under control Mm -hmm. so I think if it's more under control that is probably the con to go to yeah and it was a lot of it I think was the the fact that they were trying to do dry runs for stuff that they were trying to implement in San Diego the the scanning and all that you know so, I mean, just because, I mean, it's it's under the umbrella of San Diego. It's the same people that do WonderCons in San Diego. Mm-hmm. So they get the talent there. I mean, everybody was there. Yeah. I mean, so... Well, it was majority, it was majority DC. There wasn't much in the way of Marvel there. No, but there was a, there was a Marvel booth. Yeah, I never saw it. Was it was over by... Uh, it was in the back right corner of the whole thing. But I would have to say, if you don't... To everybody out there, if you don't get... San Diego tickets, go to WonderCon. Well, and it's like I said, too, when we were there, I said, if you have any, like, doubt about how you're going to deal with the crowd at San Diego or how, like, the feel of San Diego, I would definitely say WonderCon is a, is a great way to get your feet wet. It's a great, like, because precursor. It, it, it's got that busy feel of, it's got the butts to nuts yeah. feel of... Uh, WonderCon, it's got the or of San Diego, and it's got the feel of it. With there's just so much going on. There's this and that and the other, and you're you're trying to go one place, and you end up, you know, same thing I did kind of in San Diego. I ended up hovering in like one area of WonderCon, yeah. and that it's easy to do that because of the hustle and bustle of everything right. that's going on. Well, because you got the families that cut you off and then stop to take pictures right in front of you. <laughs> like, I was so irritated at WonderCon. And normally I'm used to that at conventions, but I think the fact that I was running on zero sleep, yeah. I just wasn't taking people's bullshit. Like, people stopping in front of you, people yeah. taking pictures, people bumping into you. Like, it was just it was just nightmare. See, I'm, I'm kind of bummed I didn't concentrate enough in Artist Alley. Yeah. Like, I don't even think I walked through the whole thing. Well, they need to start putting in, in, like, on their websites who's actually in Artist Alley. Yes. Because there's always artists there that you're like, oh, shit, I didn't know you were there. Like, I didn't know that Mike Vasquez was there. Like, I didn't know half these people were in Artist Alley unless you walk through. And even then, like, it's so congested in Artist Alley, you it's very easy to miss people. Yeah. Like, and then they had people that were there that were, weren't announced, like, fucking... <laughs> Uh, Rob Liefeld's doing a signing at CJC. Yeah, he just... I, dude, I, I don't think I told you. I walked by, and I said, Hey, Rob! And I pointed at him. And he fucking... He's, and he was so worried. How much should I charge for a book? What do you think I should charge for the book? What do you think I should charge for the signing? What? How much do you think? What do you think? What do you think? He was, like, so consumed with what he thought he should charge. Like, what should I charge for you? New Means 98. What should I charge for have that sign? Like, he was... So stressed out on how much he should charge per autograph. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, really? You already know that you're going to charge an outrageous amount. Why are you going to sit there and make a production about it at the right. CGC booth? Right. To the point where I was I was two feet away from him, pointing at him. Hey, Rob! And he fucking was so consumed on how much he was going to charge. Didn't even pay attention. Didn't even hear me or pay attention to it. <laughs> didn't give a fuck. <laughs> I mean... 
I mean, yeah. I pretty much pointed in his face. You know what I mean? And he should have cock slapped him. Hey, Rob, what you Fucking, I was like, Jesus, that made, I mean, that. Hey, Rob. I mean, I didn't know he was going to be there. I didn't bring shit for him no, to sign. Yeah, no, That was the only thing that was, I, I think I, when I pulled out all my books, I didn't even think I got half the book signed that I brought. Yeah. Fuck it, though. Well, I didn't get my Scott Snyder book signed, which I was, that's the only one I was super bummed, which at the point where we were, I probably could have just asked him. And he probably would have yeah. signed it. But, oh, well, I don't give a fuck. Fuck it. He'll come again. I'll see him again. We'll see him in San Diego. I was kind of hoping there was, like, I was kind of hoping that there was going to be, like, an outcast presence there or right. something, like, just because it's getting well, closer. Well, especially since they were showing the premiere on on uh, sun, or Sunday or Saturday night or whatever it was. Uh-huh. Or no, it was Friday they showed it, I believe, Friday. So, so I was expecting to see something... And the other thing I missed, there were so many cool fucking exclusives there that yeah. I just did not see. Maybe I just didn't care. Didn't think. First off, I didn't bring any fucking money. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a <clears throat> poorly planned trip on our part. Uh, yeah. Well, I think what really turned me off on buying anything is when we walked by that one comic booth and I think Amazing Spider-Man 129, I think, I think they had it up. It was $800. And then they had what? Oh, they had that one for eight hundred, and then they had like one twenty one for like four hundred, and then they had um, there was another book that was like outrageously priced. Yeah, for what they were, what the condition they were, they were like triple what you can get them for on <laughs> yeah. eBay. So the, I, I think once I was seeing the the con prices, I I think that turned me off. But long, like long gone are the days you go to a comic convention to get good deals. Yes. Long gone in those days. Yeah, there's no. But we did it. We drove it. We we left at 2 a.m. We did a whole entire con, and we were back by midnight the next night. <laughs> yeah. We were there. We were, our whole WonderCon trip consisted of 20 hours. Yeah. There and back. 20 hours. More time in the car than at the con, but. Holy shit. <laughs> And it sucked, too, because I sucked down those two Red Bulls. I drank that big-ass coffee. And I did that. What did we do that? Like, right out, like, the past the border. We yeah, were like, it was right after the border. Like, I couldn't stay awake. I was falling asleep driving to go eat. <laughs> I couldn't fucking, like, stay awake any longer. By the time we hit Buckeye, I was fucking wired. All, yeah. all of my coffee, all the Red Bulls, everything had kicked in. I was out. I woke up as we pulled into Avondale. Like, I was fucking done, though. I don't remember. <laughs> I slept from where we got gas to Avondale, the two-hour drive from the border to fucking Avondale. I held ass. I was out cold. I remember waking up a couple times just to make sure that you were okay. I kept saying, Kyle, you all right? Every but time I, I would switch lanes, yeah. you would wake up to make sure I was okay. <laughs> so I figured you thought I was dozing off. But, but there was just the whole time there was this bus, dude, doing like 95 miles an hour. So I was just staying right behind it doing like 88 to 91. Nice. And it, it, it would just get, it would just switch, it would just switch lanes and I'd switch lanes and you'd wake <laughs> up, you're all right. <laughs> and I don't care who you are, you're sleeping in a car, you fucking snore. <laughs> you're, you're the weirdest, <laughs> like you're the fucking funniest person when you're sleeping because when you were driving there, we were listening to the Howard Stern uh, on the radio and fucking Kyle would la- wake up from, he'd be snoring 
and then wake up, <laughs> that's fucking funny, and, like, repeat exactly what was just said on the radio, and then go back to sleep. I was like, Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. I can only imagine how your wife deals with you at home, because you sleep with the TV on. I do the same thing. And wake up, that's fucking funny, and then go back to she sleep. She always says, I'll wake up, and I'll laugh, and I'll point at her, and I'll just go back to sleep and shit. But we did it, man, 20 yeah, hours. We did. It was it was fun. Next time we're gonna fucking fly. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. But my overall WonderCon is, I would have to say, at a scale of one to ten, I gave WonderCon experience, what we got to do, the accesses that we were given. I would have to give WonderCon an eight five. I would give it a seven five, just because. We experienced it there. I would love, I would love to experience it next year when it's back in Anaheim, and see how it actually runs there. But the way it was run, in the like the way nobody knew anything, and the way everything was screwed up, and the times were screwed up, and how we were misdirected a couple times, and how everything was handled, I'd have to go seven five. I'm have to go eight five just because I had a good time. It was a good time. <laughs> well, we I mean we got to because just I mean. Talking to everybody, we got we got to interview Scott Snyder. We got to interview Tim Seeley. We just the way we got you know Brian Michael Bendis. Just the experience that happened there over outweighed the shitty parts of what it was. Yeah. The, the, the no, I definitely agree. So I, I would say just you know how gracious WonderCon was to us and mm-hmm. letting us do what we got to do. Yep, I agree. I. I applaud WonderCon. Yeah, I think they're awesome. I hope, I hope they, they, uh, I hope they do the same thing for us for San Diego and open their arms the way they did for us yeah. for WonderCon. I hope they do that to San Diego. They were for definitely us. very gracious hosts, and we appreciate the opportunity. And like I said, I don't hold a lot of it against them. I mean, trial and error, but it's still, uh, still a lot of it is it's frustrating, and it's you're you know with us being press, you're you're in the the thick of it. You're with the fans, so you're hearing the fan side of it. So when you're in line, you're hearing people complain about what they're upset about with the convention. Like Stinky Breath Guy? Yeah. And, oh, God. Oh, God. Dude, that dude was, like, seven foot tall. And it was like he just ate a bag of assholes. And it was like I could not get away from it. Oh, dude, we were standing there, and he said, where? I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I fucking threw up in my mouth. Oh my god! Like I kept trying to like turn away and like cover my nose, and I was it like, was Ugh. it was terrible. It was for the uh, Tony Daniel line, right? Yeah, Tony Daniel. And dude, when he's is this Tony Daniel? I was like, what oh, the yeah. fuck? What did you eat? You need to go to the fucking dentist. And he was tall. Yeah, he was like seven one. He like towered over both of us. So he would always, his head's always down to look at everybody. So he's going, so his head's down and he's going. It's like his hot breath on your head. Oh, and you would just be like, you'd be standing there and you'd be like, I think I put three pieces of gum in my mouth, <laughs> hoping that the the minty freshness would, would like, <laughs> almost like, it. almost like, you know how when you like put like that minty shit on your yeah. nose. So that's all you smell. I was hoping that like. I should have stuck a piece of gum in my upper lip because <laughs> so I can fucking just start sticking gum in your nose. <laughs> because we were stuck. That guy was stuck behind us talking to us for like yeah. 20 minutes. 20 minutes of, of fucking death breath. <laughs> death breath. That poor guy, man. is. And, and to everybody out there, if you're going to a convention, 
fucking pull over to a fucking convenience store on your way there and pick up that $2 pack of gum. Yep. And chew the shit out of gum. Especially if it's been a week since you brushed your teeth. Yes. Or you ate some asshole before you fucking came out. Definitely. If you're going to fucking eat asshole before you come to the con, please put gum in your mouth. Do us all a favor because you meet a lot of single-serving friends being in line at cons. Do the gracious thing and fucking... Keep fucking gum in your mouth. Because that's what I did. I had a brand new pack, man. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed it, but the whole time I'm spitting out and putting yeah. gum back in my mouth. And it's, you know, because you just, you know, when you talk to people, when you're talking to somebody, they keep squinting at you, you know, then you start feeling bad. Yeah. <laughs> but all right, I guess that's where we'll end this episode. That's our adventures at WonderCon, our thoughts on Rebirth. Um, remember to like and subscribe to us on Facebook, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, Podbean. Um Twitter, make sure to hit us up on Twitter. We, we like to speak with our fans on Twitter. Let us know what you like about the show, don't like. Uh, we have a Patreon. If you'd like to support us, you can uh, do so there. Or you can support the show through PayPal. We have a PayPal also at uh, absolutegeekpodcast at gmail.com. Um, leave us a review. We definitely thrive on reviews. We definitely, definitely, definitely like those reviews on iTunes. Um, but other than that, for the Absolute Geek Podcast, I'm Matt. And I'm Kyle. And stay tuned right after this for an interview with Scott S- Snyder and Tim Seeley. Yep. And thanks for listening. Goodbye. And we will see you all on Monday. I'm here with Scott Snyder. How are you today, Scott? I'm good, man. Thanks for doing this. How's WonderCon treating you so far? It's great, man. I got a lot of friends here. They flew a lot of us in from Gotham, so it feels like home already. So you're just finishing up, or just finished up, what I would consider an iconic run on Batman. And it was just announced today that we're getting to get uh, All-Star Batman. What can we expect from All-Star Batman? Thanks for saying that. Well, for me, I guess... The idea was that I had the time of my life on Batman with Greg. I don't know that it'll ever be ever be uh, rivaled for me in terms of a book where I made such a good friend over over a period of time and got to do so many things that I wanted to do uh, and literally just evolve as a writer on a book for for five years. It was just so much fun. But when Greg decided he was going to go do uh, a project with Mark Millar for a little bit. Uh, before coming back, I realized I still had a lot of stories I wanted to do, primarily with villains that I've never used at DC uh, in the Batworld. So I decided, well, what if I do it differently? Instead of inviting just one artist in and doing the same thing I did with Greg, instead of competing with that, what if instead I invited in the best in the business, a lot of friends, a lot of people I've always wanted to work with, um, and be like, this is us, come to Gotham, and let's do all the villains in our own way in continuity and do the biggest, craziest stories we can that are worthy of a title like All-Star because it's All-Star artists coming in to do All-Star villains. It just made sense to me. So I was like, it gives me a way of writing very, very differently than I ever have. When I write for John Romita, I'm going to write real different than I do for Greg. When I write for uh, Afua Richardson, I'm going to write really different than I do for John. And for Sean Murphy, totally different. So it allows me to stay young on Batman. It allows me to challenge myself and say, this character deserves more than me spinning my wheels because honestly after five years and a successful run I think you know I would be able to do little stories that are like with whoever you know on art I think um, you know was was up for doing the Batman and just 
collect checks from DC, you know, on some level, and you know, that would I would kill myself before I would do that. Honestly, I, I hate that idea. So for me, it's either swing for the fence or get the hell away from Gotham. And this for me is swinging for the fence. It's doing something I've never tried, artists I've never worked with, and one of the biggest stories I could tell, but done in small chapters. Each one is really about a villain in a way you haven't seen before. Now, I consider, um, in my personal opinion, Endgame and Death, in the, uh, Death of the Family to be some great Joker stories. Are we going to see any more Joker stuff in All-Star Batman? Oh, I don't want to give it away. I don't want to give that away, but I would say I'm not featuring him up front in any way. They're, like uh, Jeff Johns, I was saying, he's got great plans for the Joker, got a great story for the Justice League stuff he's doing, and I wouldn't want to bring Joker in in any way that conflicted with that because it's going to be great. So I do have a Joker story in mind. I do have an artist that wants to do him, uh, and I would always go back to him. I have I have something different than what I've done, and I do eventually plan on doing one more Joker story, probably with, a, with an artist I think that will surprise you down the line. But... Um, no, this is really uh, some of the other villains for the most part, but he might make a dark and scary appearance at some point. Has there been any thought to going to uh, more obscure villains like Calendar Man or maybe borrowing from Kevin Smith and using, like, onomatopoeia? Funny you should say that. Calendar Man is in Batman Rebirth number 1 that I co-wrote with Tom King. And you're going to see a lot of villains in this. Like, you are see Killer Moth, Firefly, Cheshire, all kinds of villains that I think you wouldn't expect to see. So, yes, Copperhead... I'm going crazy with this one. I want to be like everyone I haven't used, you know, in a really, really, you know, fun, out-of-control way. And one last question. Is Coach Deer going to make a cameo in All-Star Batman? I feel like I have such a bad rep for, for killing animals. That I'm worried that, like, if I put Coach Deer in there, it'd be the end of him. But it's funny. Now he has a whole family, and one of the kids is a albino deer, and the albino grew up. So this season they were like, that deer is big enough probably by uh, fall to have a family as well so it's crazy dude I'm like cycle of coach deer life it's insane well I want to thank you for your time I absolutely loved your run on Batman I can't wait to see what you do with all-star Batman I'm super excited thank you man I really appreciate you saying that now what are your thoughts on this new rebirth and going from Grayson to what you get to do now what I mean are you excited are you excited about the old costume what do you what do you think about it all now yeah no I'm super excited it's actually great how close it sort of fits and mirrors what we were doing in the story and the logic that applies you know the mission that Dick undertook uh, working for Spiral when it's over this is the next logical step he can go back he can do whatever he wants and, and, and Dick's uh, decision in here is I'm actually pretty good at being a spy I'm actually pretty good at being a globetrotting hero Gotham is pretty well covered by the Bat family and though that'll sort of be his home base to a degree he's going to be able to do all this other stuff so the first arc is you know sort of a continuation of Grayson in that um, Dick is now using his newfound skills to infiltrate the Parliament of Owls to figure out what they're up to and so we'll get, we'll get to see like you know those kind of storylines similar to what we did in Grayson but in the suit and very very totally varied not working for just one organization uh, still able to interact with that family so it's kind of the best of all the worlds so like in the like in Grayson they were part of it was the satellite was actually gonna make it so nobody remembered that 
Dick Grayson was actually outed as Nightwing. Yeah. So is that is that what's going to continue forward? Is that what's well, I mean, I don't want to ruin the guys doing the Grayson story. So, but the identity thing is a story that we pick up in the first issue of Rebirth and in, in Nightwing, and it sort of becomes a question like if he can get his his life back and he can be Dick Grayson again, and he doesn't, well, why? Like, what is you know? And that's kind of what drives I think the first couple series is Dick figuring out what he can do now. Almost like finding his place again? Yeah, and also, I mean, and just in the way that, you know, I, the parallel we've been kind of, I've been kind of thinking about it is a sort of like, you know, working as, as a, um, a young superhero with Batman was his, you know, his grade school, mm-hmm. and high school was, was being Nightwing the first time, and college was was working for Spiral, and now this is a guy in his young, his early 20s, his first job out in the world, right? Yes. And he's using everything that is him to sort of propel him to his next choices, which is something all of us have been through, right? It's that that moment of, you know, what part of what are the things that I have been taught are the, the best for me? Yeah. You know? And so we throw this sort of this new mentor character, this new guy who says, What you've learned is wrong, I can do better. Uh, we throw that into it and, and, and that becomes the story. Sounds exciting. It's pretty cool, yeah, it should be fun. Are you gonna are you gonna keep it more lighthearted like Grayson is or are you gonna yeah. make it a little more Maybe yeah, I mean, darker. to me, the, the guy is a light guy in a dark in a dark world. Yes. Um, and, and in Spiral, he was a, a sort of lighthearted guy in a, in, a, in a world that, for the first time, was gray, mm-hmm. not black and white. And so, and you see some of that sort of transfer over to this. I still think of Dick as a, a guy who loves what he does. Yep. Uh, he's not driven by anger or hate. He's driven by a genuine desire to save people. Yep. That's his favorite thing to do. Um, and he wants to be the net for the world. He wants to catch everybody before they fall. So that is still the way he approaches things. Obviously, you know, he, he gets in situations that are tough and they're dangerous. But he can, he is a guy who doesn't change. That's, you know, that's kind of the best thing about him. So did you guys have to take a boat to bring it back to the old suit? Nope. That was all Jeff Johns. And, and uh, I Jeff fought for that. Uh, that is all. All the credit goes to Jeff for, and I, I thought it was a great choice. Um, I mean, I, I think it uh, it sort of shows readers what we're thinking, which is you know that we we want um, to capture sort of the best things about this 75 years of character yes. history and use them in new ways, you know, and, and and push them forward all the way. But but to acknowledge that, like, man, that is a great that was a great idea for a costume. It's well loved. Let's not, you know, ignore it. Um, we can ignore the mullet and the bad ponytail idea, but we that suit is so cool. Yes, that is a staple of, of Nightwing. Yeah, and it's the thing you see when you go to the Hot Topic and you see the hoodies. They're, they're you know, That's so it, yeah. we, we want to, you know, in a, in a somewhat mercenary way, we want to pick the things that people recognize the most. So do you really think that this rebirth is going to reconnect us back with DC? I think so, yeah, I mean... I would say, like, I, a lot of the things about the New 52 really didn't work, and I would I would consider, I think Grayson is one of those things that, like, I think it really did work. I, I think it couldn't have happened out, uh, without the, the ideas of the New 52. Um, but, I, yeah, I think there's room to sort of, to get readers to say, to, to believe again that, like, this is all about the characters, this is all, it's not about gimmicks, it's not about, um, you know, like, overnight ideas, this is about investment, and, and, and the continuity and the ties that keep these characters together. And I, I yeah, I, I was in that meeting this morning. And I, I, the crowds were, were so excited and, and the internet response has been so great. And I, I think it's, you know, and even myself, like looking at the art uh, 
you know, I, I looked at that Superman stuff and was like, oh my god, it's a great Superman yeah. art, and that that's Superman I'm interested in. I, you know, that's that's the Superman I like. So I I think everyone thought the same thing. Yeah, because I walked in there as skeptical. Yeah, sure. A, li- a little uh, not sure, but after leaving, a lot of those titles actually yeah. got me really, really excited. They look awesome. I mean, and I'm no stranger to people being skeptic to the project I'm working on because when I started on Grayson, everybody said I don't, I hate this, and and then everybody who comes up to me at conventions like I wanted to hate Grayson, but I really like it. That's our job, right? I mean, if you're a skeptic, it's our job to convince you. Uh, I think the the whole line is, is is recognizing that you're skeptical and saying, but we love these characters and are going to do best by them, and you're going to like it. And I, I think it's. I think it's the absolute right direction. Like Jeff, this is Jeff doing what Jeff is the best at. Yeah. Well, well, thank you. I appreciate thank you. it. Thank you, ma'am. Have a good rest of your time. You too. Thank you. Thank you. All right.